Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Do not go gentle into that good night. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. What's going on? <laughs> I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen, your co-host. And welcome to Black True Crime. If this is your first time ever listening to the show, welcome. And hello. Welcome. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Today, we are covering a case that has been requested by a lot of different people. But one specific person said it first, so I'm going to shout them out in this episode. I'm excited. I hope you guys are, too. This is our second one of the week. I don't think Sunday counts as in the same week, but we're just going to do that for this week. <laughs> because I'm like, I anyone who's back. not trying to be grammatically correct includes yeah. Sunday as this week. Period. I just flew mm-hmm. back in from uh, Kristen's place in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I'm back in Cali now. So we're going to get this recording done and this episode out to you guys as soon as possible. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. A couple weeks back, we covered a case where in 2009, a man named Gary Green took the lives of his wife and her daughter and attempted to take the life of her two sons as well. Fast forward seven years to a very similar case. This week's killer attempted to do the exact same thing, not once, but twice. And besides sharing a pension for murdering their families, they also share a last name. Mm. Join us, Kristen, please. Join us for our second episode this week as we discuss the walking carcinogen, Gregory Green. Thank you to listener Angel for requesting this case. Girl, Angel, like, what is this about? (laughs) I'm excited to know. It is awful, 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 awful. And yeah, so let's just start, okay? Yeah, period. Gregory Green was born on December 10th, 1966, in or around Dearborn, Michigan. Kristen, what happened in Black history in 1966? Yay, you got it right. Off rip. Okay, (laughs) so guys, picture this. 1966 is, I don't know if y'all know, but it's prime time civil rights time. And Mm -hmm. a specific person who was a part of the civil rights movement was named James Howard Meredith. Mm -hmm. James Howard Meredith is the first or was the first African-American student admitted to the racially segregated University of Mississippi. Wow. Um, Yes, he ended up becoming a big American civil rights movement figure, a writer, a political advisor, and he is even an Air Force veteran. Well, shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. So Meredith has some stake in the game. So in 1966, Meredith planned a solo 220-mile march from Memphis, Tennessee to Jackson, Mississippi. He wanted to highlight the continuing racism that was in the South. And he also wanted to incur- encourage voter registration after the passage of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. John F. Kennedy is the president at this time. So James Meredith basically heard President John F. Kennedy's inaugural address at that time, and he got inspired to actually apply to the University of Mississippi, a well-known racially segregated 
university. Mm. And basically the goal for him was to put pressure, like put his foot on the neck of the Kennedy administration to enforce civil rights for black folks. That part, period. And all of that. So on this march or during this march, he didn't want any major civil rights organizations involved. He wanted something different. Mm-hmm. But on the second day of the march, he was shot by a white gunman wow. who was a um, sniper and suffered numerous wounds. So like somebody came out, was up in the freaking like buildings and was gunning for his head. Yeah. Fortunately, he survived. Period. He was taken to the hospital and many leaders of the major civil rights organizations actually vowed to complete the march in James Meredith's name. Wow. So, yes, and it actually become it became a really big march. People from all over the world came to join the march. He ended up rejoining the march and they actually end up leading an estimated 15,000 marchers. Wow. It was the largest civil rights march in Mississippi. Sheesh Louise. One more thing I want to say that during that time or during that march, more than 4,000 black folks registered to vote, which is absolutely amazing. That's amazing. Yes. So go James. Go James. That's our segment. I love that, sister. Thank you for that trip down history lane. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Okay. So back to Gregory. He was born somewhere near Dearborn or in Dearborn, I couldn't really find out. I actually couldn't find out a lot about his childhood or his upbringing, like Mm. none of it was public knowledge. And I don't wanna tell you why, because it's kind of a spoiler. So we're gonna get to it later. Okay. Mm -hmm. I did find out that he grew up in the church with both of his parents in his life, which is great. I know he had at least one sister and that's just about all I have for Mm -hmm. early life of Gregory. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what he was doing with his life in 1991, and he was 25 at that time, but I do know that he was married to a beautiful woman named Tanya Clayton. I wasn't able to find out how old she was. If you guys know any of this information, you know what to do. Hit us up. But I wasn't able to find it, and at the time in 1991, she was six months pregnant with their first child. And she's a beautiful brown lady. She's very, very gorgeous gorgeous brown girl. (laughs) So Gregory was getting his life started, trying to start a family. But unfortunately, on July 14th, 1991, Gregory stabbed Tanya several times in her face and her chest area. Okay, so we're getting right to it. I mean, we're jumping straight into hell. And this happened after they had an argument I read somewhere that it was because she was planning to leave him. I also read that he thought she was cheating. It was just a lot going on. And he Mm -hmm. ended up stabbing her multiple times. And then he called 911 on himself and told them that he was responsible for it. So he waited there until police came. Tanya was rushed to Grace Hospital where she and her unborn baby were pronounced dead. Come on. We're not even 10 minutes in. Like, this is your seed. Like, are you, like, was this a passionate, just, you saw red and you couldn't help yourself because you're clinically insane? From what I know from the case, in my opinion, that I've built around it, I think he was possibly, because with him only trying to stab her in the face and the chest, he didn't stab her in the stomach area, you know, he, he stayed away from that area. Maybe he was just 
not that sick to do that personally to the child, you know, but I also think maybe he thought that the child wasn't his and we'll kind of get to that in a little bit. Hmm. Okay. So when police arrived at the scene, like I said, Greg was already there. He didn't fucking go anywhere. He showed detectives where to find the murder weapon. Period. Which he, he hid, which he hid in the refrigerator. I don't, I don't even know how they were probably reacting. Like, is this really cookie cutter? Like, we have all this shit? Mm-hmm. This is too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Gregory pleaded guilty in 1992 to second degree murder and was sentenced to 15 to 25 years in prison. Mm. So at 26 years old, he's already doing almost his age. You know, he's about to spend almost his age in prison. Yeah. Initially, his defense tried to use the not guilty by reason of insanity defense, which just pisses us off, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Cop out. Yeah. Which led to the court ordering a mental exam on him because they're like, I don't fucking think so, you know, and they're doing their due diligence because if he is clinically insane, they have the responsibility to Mm -hmm. act accordingly with that. But he was found to be sane at the time of the murders. And then Greg decided to change his plea to no contest. And, you know, a no contest plea, it's kind of like pleading guilty without having to admit your guilt. Okay. The parole board denied him four times before he was finally released because he wasn't given 15 to life. He wasn't given 25 to life for taking the lives of two people. He was given between 15 and 25. So we know he's getting out at some point. Mm -hmm. They denied him twice in 2004 and twice in 2006. And the reason they kept denying him is because he showed Kristen almost no remorse for what he did. Didn't even fake it. In fact, prison records show that he was blaming his victims for what happened. Stop. How much more scummy can you get? In a report dated January 16th, 2004, officials reported that, quote, during the parole board interview, Green demonstrated little emotion or remorse over his horrendous crime. The murder involved his wife, who was pregnant with his child. Green is unable to give background as to where his temper and violence developed from. I'm like, hold on, pause. This is Mm -hmm. going way too fast. It's going fast. Usually I'm here for that. But (laughs) I have questions (laughs) because I'm like, okay, so he got denied 2001, no, 2004, and then 2006. Okay. And then when did he actually get approved? I would love to know that. We're going to get to that. Okay, because I'm like, how did he get out if he got denied two times in those two years or four times in those two years? You're right. And then you mean to tell me to tell me that you're going to actually let him out? I'm well, they can't, they can't keep him. The longest that they could keep him is to 2012. That's the longest they can keep him. That's the extent of his sentencing. So yeah. if they let him out in 2006 or whenever they, they let him out, I don't, I'm not sure that the extra years would have done anything to rehabilitate him, you know, because mm-hmm. if someone's getting out of prison after being in prison for that long, the point is, Hopefully they come out as a better human being, a better right. you know, citizen. But I don't think that would have made a difference in this case. Okay. After the second parole hearing in December of 2004, the officials wrote, quote, Despite completion of recommended therapy, Green has not gained adequate insight. He explains his conduct as arising out of the victim's mistreatment of him, end quote. This is bullshit. Like, I wish I had a bag of rocks. And three minutes alone with him. Like, are you joking me? You're blaming it on your dead wife? 
she's gone and you're still blaming it on her and then you actually killed your child too is he to blame or is he or she to blame right right he he's a definition honestly i don't think i even need to know much about his childhood to see that he obviously went through something that he's obviously still holding against someone else or you know holding against everyone yes and he obviously still still sees himself as a victim in every sense of the word situation is just pathetic life Mm -hmm. on december 8th 2006 they stated so i'm reading all this you guys just so you can get an idea of what they already knew about him even after he'd already spent what at this point it's been 13 years in prison 2006 is now what 14 15 years in prison and he still hasn't made any progress so december 8th 2006 they stated quote he still can't explain his murderous rage oddly he did not utter a word of empathy or remorse considering the brutality of the fatal crime green needs to enhance insight empathy and remorse end quote all of the above So basically, he needs to develop things that make you just a functioning, compassionate human being. (laughs) You know, two years later, the parole board suddenly had a change of heart and said in a report dated February 8th, 2008, quote, reasonable assurance exists that the prisoner will not become a menace to society or to public safety. What reasonable insurance? If the man has failed parole hearings four times previously in the last four years, mm-hmm. you think, oh, this time he's got it right. Why? What did he do? Uh, apparently, he had a great inmate record. They said it was almost perfect. He got in like one fight with someone over the, the TV, you know, the whole time he was there in prison. But they said he was respectful to staff and overall followed the rules. They felt that there was no reason to think that he would be murderously violent ever again, even though he's had this same exact great inmate record when he was reviewed in 2004, when he was reviewed in 2006. And the parole board ended up coming out and saying, listen, determining if someone deserves to be put on parole or not legally is not tied to if they show remorse or not. Okay. So a a criminal can do what they've done and even if they're not remorseful, that that does not keep them from being able to be released. Even though from the comments that we've read from his prior parole interviews, they used the fact that he had no remorse as the reason that he should have still been in prison. You get what I'm saying? Yes. So now in 2008, they did a whole 180 and they're like, well, it's okay if he doesn't show remorse. He is a good prisoner in our prisons for the last 16 years. So... We can let him out now. Okay. Well, that's probably their loss. It's probably what's going to happen next is going to basically foreshadow they shouldn't have done that. Like, I hope they're receiving therapy for this shitty decision that they made. But at the end of the day, he was still going to be let out by 2012, regardless of their their choice in 2008, you know? Yeah, and I get it like they're saying that remorse isn't a factor because to be honest, anybody can fake remorse. Anybody can yeah. say, oh, I feel remorseful and then not really give a damn. Right. So in that report that was dated February 8, 2008, they didn't mention the victim blaming, constant victim blaming that he'd been doing over the past years. You know, the lack of empathy that he showed. They didn't mention any of that, which to me was super, super fishy. But they did, however, take into account that Gregory Green seemed to have a very determined and dedicated support system outside of prison. So remember when I said Greg grew up in the church? 
Well, it seemed like he kept in touch with his church folk because Apostle Fred Harris, who was a pastor at a local church, supported Greg and would even visit him in prison. Mm. Which isn't too surprising. We've seen that. You know, yeah, we've preachers, seen it. Preachers like to help people that, you know, we feel like shouldn't be helped or most people feel like shouldn't be helped. So in 2005, Fred Harris wrote to the parole board on Greg's behalf saying, quote, and this part really, really disgusted me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Gregory and I were friends before his mishap, and he was incarcerated. Hmm. So let's just stop right there. He called the murder of two people a mishap. A mishap. That shit rubbed me real, real, real wrong. I don't know. I felt like he was trying to diminish the seriousness of it, you know? For sure. You telling me... um you murdering a child, an unborn child is a mishap. And I like a oops. Like, yeah, like a oopsie daisy. He's showing that he, I guess, has empathy for Greg because yeah. he's like, you know, okay, I've known Greg. This was just yeah. a mistake. So I yeah. understand where he's coming from, but it's still disrespectful to the victims. Completely disrespectful and the victims' families. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure they were at his parole hearings talking about, hell no, don't let him out. Right, right. Frank or Fred went on to say, I feel like he has paid for his unfortunate lack of self-control and the damage he has caused as much as possible and is sorry. This will not restore the lives that were taken. He will carry that with him for the rest of his life, end quote. So we don't give a fuck what he's carrying for the rest of his life. He can carry that shit in jail for the rest of his life, not on the streets. This is well, not- the thing is, he was getting out regardless, like you said. Like, I know. this is just a matter of, okay, is it going to be lesser than the term? Right. And when lesser he said that, than. Less than. Lesser mm-hmm. than is totally less, a thing. Lesser than? Lesser than? Something is less than this or something is lesser than. Yeah. Okay. That sounds a little <laughs> off. Either way. Fuck. Are we on Grammarly? Either way, I feel like him saying that, oh, and he's sorry for it. I kind of feel like a piece of me is thinking like the preacher's line. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's just trying to write something that feels like empathy, Mm -hmm. feels like something that it's not. Like, I'm not getting I'm not getting a good vibe from this. I feel like there's definitely manipulation going on. And Fred, you're sir. Poor, you just should have kept your head in the sand and the dirt and kept it moving because this is the wrong person <laughs> to try to get free. I'm going to tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, he wrote to the parole board again in 2006 saying, quote, I've noticed a great deal of growth and his understanding has matured quite a bit as well as his processing skills. If he was to be released, he would be welcomed as part of our church community and whatever we could do to help him adjust, we would, end quote. It's like, is this your son? This is giving me like, this is family member vibes. I know the Lord is good, but child. I mean, he knew him before. Like if he grew up in the church, he could feel like a son to this guy. Or I don't know if he grew up in that specific church, but Mm -hmm. you know, he said that he knew Gregory before the Mm -hmm. murders. So I'm not sure if he was actually released in April, but I do know that he was released in 2008. Okay. 
An official even said that, quote, he had family and community support. Those are the kinds of things our board looks at when deciding whether to parole someone. So they told you just straight up. I guess if you have people in your corner, they'll let you out. I guess so. Note to self. Have me a support system if I ever go to jail. You know? Learn how to cry on cue. I don't fucking know. Hmm. Terrible. So Gregory's the fuck out of prison. And two years after Gregory was released, so he's 44 at this time, he was working at the Detroit airport. And he's a married man again. Okay. Yeah. He married... Go ahead. What you got to say? This story is just moving way too fast. Like, Kristen, it feels like it's moving so fast because usually we kind of like coax our way into the background of that person's life yeah exactly by looking Mm -hmm. at their past and stuff we don't have that right now we don't have that i'm like but even saying two years later he's married now like damn bitch like that was fast like even (laughs) even well he wasn't doing shit in those two years let's be real so yeah gregory is a married man and he married a woman named faith harris Mm. harris that sounds familiar very familiar sis what the heck yeah, she is the daughter of Apostle Fred Harris. Kayla, are you joking me? I'm not taking Kristen. Am I taking the piss? No, I'm not. Like this apostle must be do-do-do or he must have heard from the Lord himself because you got me messed up. If you think I'm letting my daughter marry a man who just murdered his wife and his unborn child. Are you joking? Maybe the apostle really from the bottom of his heart believed that this man had changed. Maybe it was the, it's the gullibility for me because I have been gullible. You know, you used to be gullible gilly, but at this point, we're all talking about, (laughs) always trying to bring out my dirt, my mess. Like, because you don't like to be, I used to be gullible. Like, yeah, because you was going to not say anything about it. And let's be real, I was going to say, I can, I can talk my shit about my life. I was very gullible and still I am a little gullible. She has her moments, you guys. Because I like to see the good in people. I don't like yeah. to see, you know, um, chalk someone up to the mistakes that they've made in the past, you know? Right, right. And I think that's what Fred was trying to do. And with the help of the Lord, he was just as forgiving as Jesus Christ himself because he let the man marry his daughter. Not really like he could stop him, but. No, you can stop. Like what? But I don't know. certain people. But I was going to say like. Yes, forgiveness is great, but to go ahead and, and place your daughter as tribute, like, it's just very weird to me. Very, 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 very weird to me. Yeah, so they're ag- adults. Faith is an adult. She can make whatever decision she wants. I doubt Fred, mm-hmm. I doubt Fred, like, threw, you know, her at Greg or anything like that. It may have just happened because mm-hmm. once he got out of prison, they became very close. He was mm-hmm. a part of their church community. So maybe it's just one thing led to another type of thing. Mm-hmm. So they got married December 18th, 2018. Faith already had two children from a past relationship. So she had her eldest son, Chadney, and her daughter, Kara. So Greg became a stepfather to them. They became like, you know, a little blended family. Greg didn't have any kids. Uh, You know, we know that Mm -hmm. piece of shit. And Faith and Greg would go on to have two little sweet, precious girls. The oldest out of those two was Koi. And then a year later, they had Kaylee. Oh, I love it. And they're super, super cute little girls. They remind me of how close we are, you know, in age. Mm, Let me see Koi and Kaylee. Mm -hmm. First of all, the wife is a baddie. Ah, Faith? 
Are you joking me? Yes. Faith's cute. Like, is this Faith the one in the red? Yeah, she's cute. She's hot to me. Period. And the two girls are beautiful. They really are. Chadney and Kara look so well put together and clean. Like this, mm-hmm. they they all seem like they came from a great family. Mm-hmm. A great Church background. Church going, you know, um, paid their taxes. It looked like bitch. I'm they looked like up. they were they were that family. They look like they have sense too. Yeah. So what they the do. heck are they doing with Greg? Sometimes following the Lord doesn't make sense to anyone else. And that's the truth. That's why I think this how this is. <laughs> I really think that's how this situation happened upon them. By 2013, after just three years into their marriage, Faith, who was 39 at the time, was ready to call it quits with this motherfucker. Okay. Already. Over it. She was so ready that she actually filed for a divorce that year. And she filed for a restraining order. So, you know, when the restraining orders come, threats have been involved. Physical right. violence probably has been involved. You know? She's fearing for her life. She's fearing for her safety. Absolutely. In her divorce filing, she cited a breakdown in the marriage relationship. But for some reason, the paperwork didn't actually go through. Mm-hmm. In regards to the protection order, the judge decided to deny the order on the grounds of insufficient evidence. Are you the evidence is this man spent 15 something umpteen years in prison for killing his wife. That's all the evidence you need. Thank you, Kristen. And it doesn't seem like any of that was taken into consideration. None of it. I'm telling you, bro, every case we have, Kayla, it feels like maybe 5% of the cases, the justice system doesn't fail. Kristen, the justice system is definitely almost next to useless. In my like, fucking opinion. The, 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 the statistics of it actually working and actually providing justice are way too low to keep using the same fucked up system. I'm you know sorry. What I'm saying? Like, why aren't we adapting? Like, why why isn't the justice system machine learning? Like, bitch, learn from your mistakes. What are we doing? Because it's run by racist humans that are stuck in the Constitution's age where black people could be sold for pennies on the dollar bitch don't talk to me okay so back into this horrible yeah horribleness faith wrote in her application to the court that quote we're filing for divorce he's being belligerent kicking things just kicking things threatening me and saying if i don't leave things are going to get ugly jumped at me like he was going to attack this went on for hours end quote wow You would think, like we already discussed, that the documented violent past that literally anybody with anything can see that this man is violent and they should approve this protection order. But they didn't. And I'm not even just talking about the murders he committed. I'm talking about the domestic violence calls that police was getting from the home. But the court said because there hadn't been a call in the last three months that they weren't using that in their deciding they're deciding corny as f y'all can't even get somebody from the back of the jail cell to a court case in three months but then now you want to tell me oh this phone call because it didn't happen in three months it doesn't make no sense to us and doesn't apply that's just right um pick and choose pick and choose i don't have time yeah that's what i'm saying the the justice system clearly the laws are subjective bitch 
because judges pick and choose when the fuck they want to like actually uphold what needs to be upheld i feel like if a woman is coming to a court at all fearing for her safety bitch don't question her and don't interrogate her just give it to her it's not hurting anybody right her the protection order that part it's not hurting anyone so with all her attempts at protecting and distancing herself from this man failing she found herself still with him he was released from parole in 2010 so he was only paroled for two fucking years after being released for murder and apparently he was staying out of trouble with the law for the most part Mm. by 2016 he was working and even received a learner's permit for a commercial driver's license and that's for people to like drive trucks so Mm. i guess he was taking baby steps into the direction of being an actual adult (laughs) And by this time, he's, what, 40? Literally, he's 40. Yeah. I think he's 40. No, I didn't do that math right. He's 50. (laughs) He's 50. He's 50? Yeah. Wow. But the relationship between Faith and Greg still wasn't working. So in August of 2016, Faith would file for a divorce from Greg again. And just a month later, Gregory Green's uncontrollable jealousy led to him doing the unthinkable again. Like, ill. Like, you sound like a walking, talking, big-ass baby. Yeah. Like, and you sitting here lashing out, throwing tantrums, and taking people's lives. Full-blown wearing a diaper. Full-blown, meh. You full know what I'm saying? Full-blown, woe is me. And, oh, my God. I can't even. It's just going to make you. It's just going to make you mad, sis. You want to take a break? I'm already <laughs> upset. Like, I want to dive deep into, like, I'm, I'm sad that we don't have some background on him because I feel yeah. like some type of woman detrimentally hurt him and destroyed yeah. him and made him not trust. And then he does. And then they do something and he's pissed off and he wants to lash out. It yeah. just sounds like a big kid. Yeah. 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 Big ass baby. Mm-hmm. In the early morning of September 21st, 2016. All right. Just trigger warning y'all. It's going to get a little fucking terrible. Greg forced 19-year-old Chadney at gunpoint to tie his sister, 17-year-old Kara's hands together in the basement of their home in Dearborn Heights, Michigan. Faith was duct taped and zip tied by her husband, and Greg forced Faith to watch as he shot both of her children three times, killing them. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go to jail. I want to go to jail too. I want to go to jail too. I want to go to jail. Kayla shot her kids. Those are her kids, not his kids. And then you think that you're going to, and you're going to make me watch as you shoot my children. That hurts my soul. I mean, when I read that, I was like the definition of demonic, the definition of evil, the definition of a hurt broke low down, trifling ass small man i'm pissed off at the apostle too like where the heck is your black (laughs) ass you know this man you've been dealing with this man before and during his jail prison sentence he's Mm -hmm. come out he's married your daughter now your daughter is fearing for her life where are you exactly your turn to offer yourself as tribute and go to jail because what are we doing i i think there has there had to be someone that was going to step up on her behalf because him where are the where are the signs the signs are right there she's putting out a restraining order on him like who's gonna be there to protect her from this man and it's really really it's really really sad because not only faith had to suffer but the kids you know before killing the two older children 
Greg took the two youngest, five-year-old Koi and four-year-old Kaylee, his kids, his kids, he put them in the car, covered the exhaust pipe with duct tape with like a plastic tube attached to it and poisoned the two girls to death with carbon monoxide. Kayla, what are we doing here? Kristen, we, I told you, we've taken a trip to hell, to the pits of it, and Gregory Green is there. I want to go back. Like, I don't like this. I don't, I don't want to be here either, <laughs> but we're here and we're gonna, we got to finish it. So, Angel, why did you, why did you fuck us up like this? Why did you have to pick this case out of all? Like, dang, Angel, where'd you get this from? This is, where'd you find this? Yeah, this is like his up. two children, his baby girls. When you look into your kids' eyes, you see yourself, yeah. and you were willing to kill them. Yep, to hurt. And you're their not mother. insane, right? To hurt someone else, right? So while he was doing this, I don't, I don't remember at what time during the attacks, but he ended up attacking Faith. He shot her in the foot, and he ended up slashing her across the face. He slashed her so deep that she had to be rushed to the hospital in critical condition because she lost so much blood. Mm -hmm. And according to her, she was in like a coma for a couple days because of it, and Mm -hmm. that she, she has nerve pain in her face to this day because of how deep he cut her and how damaged it is. So So Faith is alive. Yes, Faith is alive, but unfortunately all of her children passed away. And at around 1.15 a.m., that's when Greg called the police and waited for them to arrive. Yeah, once again, he told officers that he had shot his family and that they were inside the house. This is a man you don't want to ever trust again. No, no. I'm sorry. Guys, hello. Love you so much. If someone (laughs) has killed someone before and spent time in jail, actually didn't even spend time in jail, bitch, if someone killed somebody... Don't date them. Don't fall in love with them. Let's go farther than that. If somebody kills somebody that can directly in some way relate to your position in their life. Yeah. Don't even go there. Yeah. Because that means it's now a personal offense and you've stepped into the actual position that he just took someone out of. Somebody else out of. That means you're next. Or you could be. High probability. So just stay away. If there's smoke, there's fire, bitch. And it's Period. not the good kind. It's not the good kind. Ugh, I love y'all. So rest in peace to Chadney. Rest in peace to Kara. Rest in peace to Koi. And rest in peace to Kaylee. What the hell? When the time came for the funeral, more than a thousand people showed up to the Detroit First Church of Nazarene to say their goodbyes to the children. The funeral lasted for about two hours and Faith was out of the hospital. So with a little help, she was able, you know, to be there and say her goodbyes too. Like if that apostle would have got up there on that stand, I would have been looking at him like, I think he did. I think he did. There was a little bit of video footage that's on YouTube that you can see of the actual funeral. He was there. Faith would later say that her dad was taking the the deaths, you know, harder than anybody. He actually had a stroke. Um, shortly after, yeah, shortly after the children died and he was just, they weren't, they weren't doing well. Her parents were not doing well. And I understand, like, I, I've been bitten in my behind for forgiving people. Yeah. 
but this is this cuts deep and that is no pun intended like Mm -hmm. this is like so hurtful to me and i'm glad that he (laughs) felt the gravity of like damn like yeah i could have been if i stepped into this role and like you know did something different Mm -hmm. things could have been different well that's how you know his heart was probably in the right place like he really was just trying to help yeah wow so chadney and kara's father who's Chadney Allen Sr., was also present and said goodbye to his children as well. This is so sad. They did like a little interview with him and he was like, I'm basically was saying, I hope Faith didn't know that he previously had killed, you know, his unborn child and his wife. Because if she knew that, why would she kind of, you know, why would she put herself in that situation? That's what he said. So obviously she wasn't communicating with him too much about what her man was doing because he had no clue. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine trusting the mother of your children and then finding out that she accidentally put them in harm's the worst way. harm's way possible? Just heartbreaking. This whole shit is sad. A letter Faith wrote to her children was read during the service, and it said, quote, I know your love, my dear babies. I love you all. You were always unique in your own way. And then she went on to describe her children. So she said, Chadney Allen Jr., he was her big little man mm-hmm. who loved to give tight hugs. She said he'd recently graduated from the Specs Howard School of Broadcasting with a certificate mm-hmm. in digital media arts, and he wanted to be like a camera guy, producer, that type of Period. thing. Period. Period. And as for Kara, she said she was a go-getter. She was beautiful, as you guys can see. If you guys want to see like the pictures and the videos associated with this case, this case will be actually available on Patreon and on YouTube, the video episode, which is pretty dope. So check it right out. Right on. Check it out. Check it out. As for Kara, she was a go-getter. She was beautiful and an honorable student, and she was also a cheerleader at the time. So I think Period. she may have been she may have been like a senior. Mm. So, you know, just, just starting her life. Yeah, she was 17. She's young. Faith also said that Princess Koi, she loved to dress up and loved to be the center of attention while her <laughs> sister Kaylee enjoyed ballet and singing. Mm, so sad. Children that had nothing to do with the fucked up shit that was going on around them and had to suffer because of it. Am I sick? Am I crying? Like, I can't. No, you are. I'm crying. Yeah. Inside. All right, y'all. So listen. On January 7, 1999, a beautiful black queen was born in the Bronx to Honduran teenage parents. Allegedly, and emphasis on allegedly, child, she was bad as hell and traumatized her parents from having any more kids, so she spent seven and a half glorious years as an only child. However, on August 27, 2006, her parents just had to have another kid, and her solitude was disrupted because her big-headed, mediocre brother was born, and she became a big sister. Okay, that's gotta be racist. No, (laughs) it's the truth. Now, fast forward to 2021. Little brother is now 15 and big sister is 22. And believe it or not, they are the best of friends and love each other to death. Despite all that lovey-doveyness, he's a Virgo, so he's mean as hell. And she's a Capricorn, so she's emotional as hell. And the sibling rivalry be like that. They barely agree on anything controversial, especially the most controversial topic of all. Who is the favorite child? What's good, John? My name is Naya. My name is Johnny Martinez Perry Jr. His name is Johnny. And welcome to I'm the Favorite Child, the podcast. Join me and Johnny every week as we debate any and everything while attempting to show each other love, but he's ugly. 
and she's stupid and uglier and she's wow. like the worst person on earth. So like, wish us leave. luck. <laughs> wish us luck because he is annoying. Make sure you become our friends because we have none. And follow us on Instagram at I'm the favorite child dot the podcast. Like I said, every week, be there or be square. Also follow me on Johnny. Anyways, big sister out. And little brother. Little brother out. Not little sister. Little brother. So as we know, this case is not a whodunit. Gregory. We know whodunit. Greg is fucking wrong. He fucking did it. Mm-hmm. He actually ended up pleading guilty on February 17th, 2017 to second degree murder, torture, and assault with intent to do great bodily harm. And then he also pleaded guilty to a felony firearm charge. So he didn't even waste the court's time with going to court, trying to say he was mentally insane. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's the only saving grace, I think, for Faith's family and everyone. So they didn't have to relive all those details. Like, damn, like, Greg sounds like a lost cause. Like, he sounds like he knows he's a lost cause. Like, oh, yeah, he's thrown his life away. He's like, fuck it. I'm just going to take it lying down. Yeah, basically. So during the sentencing hearing, because remember, there was no trial. So it just goes basically straight to sentencing. Faith was there and she spoke to the court and to Gregory. It was a pretty lengthy, like, statement, obviously, because it's, you know, in court and she has to get it all out. So I'm just going to include some snippets from it. So listen to this. And if you're on YouTube, watch this. Okay. Good morning, Your Honor. I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied with the outcome. There's no punishment that fits the crime. Not even torture and death would be justice. Your justice will come when you burn in hell for all eternity, for murdering four innocent children, all because you're insecure as a man, plus the other two lives you took. You are a con artist. You are a monster. You are a devil in disguise. You are now forever exposed. I've thought over and over again what I would say, even though it doesn't even matter. First of all, I am not and did not and will not suffer like you intended for me to do. What you tried, what you tried to do didn't work. I am and was a damn great mother to all of my children. You tried to separate them from each other. They are siblings who loved each other and spent time with one another. Trying to split them up didn't work. They are together more than ever. Chadney and Kara are still watching over their little sisters, Coy and Kaylee, forever. I carry each one of them in my womb for nine months and raise them. Nothing or no one, sure as hell, not you, can break me or break my bond with them. But while I stand up here trembling with fear, I put on my bravest face to be in the same room with the man who murdered all four of my children. Two of them violently in front of me with the gun, Chadney and Kara. And he killed my other two babies, Coy and Kaylee, with a hose that ran from the tailpipe of his car to where they were innocently sleeping. Didn't that just like take your heart, rip it out and throw it to the Kayla? I would have like, cause as I'm like seeing her um, talk, she's looking at the back of his head when she like looks up mm-hmm. bitch. Like I would have, I missile that pin in my freaking hand <laughs> right in the back of his freaking <laughs> head. Like aiming for every piece of brain. I wanted to go straight through and come out on the other side. Like I would have worn the highest high heels I could have and bitch slowly took them off and just babe roost his ass in the back of his head. 
hurled them like mm. and, oh jesus help me that yeah. is i can't even fathom the amount of strength courage and strength that she had in that moment which and decorum because i would have been lit as i'm reading my speech and looking at the back of his motherfucking head like it would turn into <laughs> some gangster shit like yes. and you bitch ass nigga turn you around i'm talking to you like i'm like <laughs> are you joking <laughs> I'm gonna get you touched in prison, nigga. Wait till you get your black ass up in there. You like, better not you talk thought to it was soft, nigga. Girl, like wait till you see. Like, oh no, I'm I'm shaking. I just yeah. cannot. She's so strong, Faith. You're so strong. Oh God, she's so strong and so beautiful. <laughs> After Faith spoke, the judge asked Greg if he had anything to say. And of course, making everything the fuck about him, he's gonna say something. Mm. So, listen to this. Um, I just want to say, well, first of all, congrats, man. You know, he can judge. Um, I don't, you know, I do regret, and I'm sorry for what has happened. Um, um, you know, all I've ever wanted was a um, God-fearing, helping helpmate. That would support me and be faithful no matter what. It would dedicate to the whole family. You know, I, you know, that put aside, I, you know, I have to be humble, very humble, because God knows the heart. And he knows how regretful, how sorry I am. And even now, after all this, He still has a plan, and I'm not giving that up giving up on that plan. It's God. God is God. You know, and there's not one day that I go by that I don't think of my girls. Not one day often pitching them playing and talking to their heavenly father. And you know, you know I pray that God be with Chad and Care. You know, it, 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 I feel I feel bad for how this has deeply impact, impacted everyone, and um, may God help them, help me, help us all. Kayla, have you have ever you, heard something so, so like we we've, we've we've listened to a lot of clips from killers on the show? We've included a lot, but for some reason, like this one and seeing his stupid fucking dirty, crusty iguana face just makes me feel like he's the definition of the type of people that give God a bad name. You know, like mm -hmm. God still has a plan for me. Like, are I you have preaching to stay, right now? I have to stay humble. Who knows it's hard. I don't know. I can't judge it. But all I'm saying is when you do something that horrendous and you make a statement like that, that statement was useless. Yeah, completely. Like, what did it help? What did he say that meant anything? It, Kayla, he could have sat there and shut up and it would have been a better, <laughs> it would, it would it would have been better, a better situation. Chris and the judge, Judge Hathaway, it was a woman. She told Gregory that this was by far like the worst case she's seen as a judge. She also said, quote, fathers are supposed to protect their children. Husbands are supposed to protect their wives. Your actions are inconceivable, end quote. And then she also talked about, cause I saw the clip, I just didn't include it, but she also talked about how she was completely disgusted by how he didn't look like he gave a damn at all. She said, this just looks like it's inconvenient to you. Like wow. she said, if I could, if I could sentence you to life, I would. Remember he pled guilty. So yeah. they gave him like a little plea deal or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
didn't really help him too much because 50-year-old Gregory Green was sentenced to 50 to 100 years in prison for the murders. And he will be eligible for parole when he's 97 years old. Wow. So, a.k.a. never, I hope he fucking takes his last salty, dusty breath behind those fucking bars. The prosecution believed that Gregory planned the murders as early as a week before they happened. He made a trip. He made a trip to Home Depot where he bought piping to the piping that he used to mess up his exhaust system Mm -hmm. two weeks before. or I'm sorry, a week before he bought that from Home Depot. So they're thinking that's a sign that he was knew what he was going to do and planned to do it. Yeah. The death penalty has been banned in Michigan since 1963. So even if he was found guilty of first degree murder, he would have just gotten life, which is essentially what he got anyway. So and the prosecution made it very clear that it was with the permission of Faith and her family, you know, that they offer him that plea deal, the 50, you know, to 100 years. Okay. Wow. That's our case this week, bro. I mean, talk about me being floored. Like, to think that a person thinks that he can do that and and you're going as close as to taking your own children's lives. That's a special type of evil. Yep. Very special. Yep. And to think that it mostly stemmed from because, like, he kept mentioning, I just wanted a faithful partner. You know, shit like that. You can tell. You can tell that it was about him not feeling secure in the relationship. And because... Because, you know, a month after Faith filed for divorce again, he kills her children in front of her. Like, hey, what, 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 people like that deserve something worse. Like she said, she's like, bitch, your punishment is going to extend to the afterlife, ho. It's not even you're going to burn start. In hell. It's not going to start until you die. Like, you're going to burn in hell. What are you joking? Are you joking? And then she's like, you're not going to break me. Like, what you thought you were going to do, you didn't do. And she needed to say that. Like, because if you can't stab the man, the least you can do is tell him off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to do that. Yeah. (sighs) So that was insane. Faith, I hope you are healing as best as you possibly can. Uh, Fred Harris, you know, his wife, Faith's mother. I hope you guys are healing. I know you never in a million years thought that this would happen and we're not blaming you. There's no no way to blame you. The only person we can blame is Gregory. It's just Mm -hmm. such a shit situation overall and four babies lost their lives and it's just so sad. So, (sighs) Angel... I don't know, girl. girl. I don't know. I don't know if I like you. I'm just kidding. I'm gonna say, but this, I like you, but this case, girl. But girl, like, don't do that again. Don't do that again. Don't do that. So we love you guys. This was episode 49. Episode 50 is going to be fucking crazy. Like this case is crazy. I'm so excited about it. Tune in next week on Thursday. It'll be up. I might even post it on YouTube. Psych. Subscribe to Patreon. And you'll be able to see it. <laughs> you'll be able to see it. Don't be playing with folks. Bye, you guys. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Yes. Get we'll you see a you next clean- time. Yeah. Get you a cleansing palette because you're going to need it. Yes. Actually, cleanse your palette by reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you enjoy the show and the episodes. It really helps us get the word out to other people and, you know, raise our rating because people be trying to fuck with us over there. So if you fuck Mm. with us, go show love. Now, before we go, as always, be safe, protect your peace and protect your space so we don't have to cover your case. (laughs) Period. Bye. Love you. Bye. 
You have a right to kill me. I have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me.